battle, the warfare, the spiritual realm, and what the enemy's doing. It's really about love and intimacy. It's about connectedness with God. That's what the war is about. The enemy wants to separate us from that intimacy, and God is fierce about pursuing us. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. I'm privileged to have on the phone today, and I believe he's in Ohio at the moment. Aren't you, Michael? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay. Michael Thompson from Zoe, a ministry based in Durham, North Carolina. He's the author of The Heart of a Warrior and has a beautiful subtitle, Before You Become the Warrior, You Must Become the Beloved Son. He is also the founder and director with his wife, Robin, of Zoe Ministries, and he's going to tell us much more about his ministry today. So, Michael, thank you for joining us even while you're traveling. Yeah, it's an honor, Chris. Thank you for having me. Well, when I first started learning about your ministry, I could see you had a very strong commitment to men. Uh, But I also Mm -hmm. see that you have some events and resources for women and couples as well. So if you were to describe your ministry to someone new to it, what would you say? Mm -hmm. Uh, Great question. That I think missionally, we, we love to create environments for men and women uh, to connect with God and with each other, that there's this uh, invitation from God to to be loved and then to love one another. And from there, it, it, it for us, it seems like it's um, it's a, a priority that the environments in which we, whether it's one-on-one in a counseling situation or conversation, or it's in a small group dynamic, or it's in one of the retreats that we get to um, orchestrate. It's, it's still, Chris seems to be, um, the most important part is, is the, that the environment, and God can come in any, and, and does come in any and many different environments, but um, that's, what, that's what we love to, to do. That's what we love to create. That's what our team um, prays about, is, is these encounters with God and the environments that, um, that we might be a part of arranging that, um, if not um, encouraging that to, uh, to friends, the friends of God, and to those who um, maybe aren't yet got their kingdom citizenship together. You know, we love to arrange environments like that. Traditionally, we, you know, that's evangelism, but we, uh, we love helping people put faith together. And, and then, as you know, and as I'm sure all the listeners know, it's a challenge to keep faith together. So what does it look like to create an encouraging environment for that? Mm-hmm. I, I love how you uh, describe that kingdom citizenship angle. I love how yeah. you describe that kingdom citizenship angle. Um, now, you do have a way with words. I was looking at your uh, subtitle there for your book, The Heart of a Warrior. Mm-hmm. Before you can become the warrior, you must become the beloved son. Where did that subtitle come from? Yeah, another great question. It, you know, so many of the things that we talk about and, and write about in, in everybody's um, case, I feel like it comes from experience. And so for me, um, being a part of, I'm 55, being a part of what was a promise keepers movement mm-hmm. a few decades ago, and then, you know, men's initiatives, uh, went back to, back to school and got a master's in counseling um, in the middle of a 
ministry opportunity I was in with a wonderful ministry called Campus Crusade and and just beginning to move and work more and more with men um, and, and myself experiencing the the desire to matter, the desire to contribute. And I think it's across the gender lines, men and women both. Yes. Um, they, they want that. They want to contribute. But specifically with men, um, there was we were learning a lot more about the battle, the warfare, the spiritual realm, and what the enemy's doing. And I realized in my own life that um, that it's really about love and intimacy. It's about connectedness with God. That's what the war is about. The enemy wants to separate us from that intimacy. And, uh, and, and God is fierce about uh, pursuing us. Uh, and so I, I realized in my own journey um, that I don't need to go pursue ministry. I don't need to go pursue mission, that the real mission is intimacy with God. So that's where the belovedness came from. And, and that, you know, before you enter the war for the hearts of others, you really need to, to heal up from some of the things that have happened in your story. And, and this wholehearted idea, Chris, was really important. So being loved back to life, I think, is what the Father, Son, and Spirit are all about. And experiencing that love is the foundation for then loving others, loving one another. And, and so the healing that I was experiencing in my own journey um, became really part of, part of why that, that subtitle was so significant, that you know, before you can fight in the, in, in, the, in the big battle, you've got to win the battle of the home front, your, your own heart, your, your journey, and recover from some of the things that have happened. So that belovedness, being loved by God just uh, became, yeah, critical, critical to, to share, critical to offer, and, um, and finding that I wasn't the only one, that this is, this is something that's, that's, that's resonating with many um, friends of God. They, they're, they're, they see that that is where the battlefront is, and that to walk with God for healing, to walk with God for training, is um, in, in intimacy with him, that's where the healing and training takes place. And that's from there we can launch into the battle for the hearts of others. And that's what we tried to write about in Heart of Warrior. Hmm. It's interesting to think about the war being over our intimacy with God. Right. In your, This ties into what you talk about as far as a, a way of thinking that many, let's speak about men, that many men have, uh, but I think it's broader than that, a failing system that many Christian mm-hmm. men try to employ. But in your book, in your ministry, you reflect on that and you discuss that. Could you tell us what the problem is? Yeah, that's a great, <laughs> that's a loaded great question. Um, <laughs> I, so from, from my experience and then, and then seeing that become more of a common ground for for Christian men, um, it was the invitation to serve God. And it's not a bad invitation. I'm not saying that there's not service in the kingdom. But for me, what what I learned, there was a a time that as I was walking with God in this and, and kind of wrestling with the larger gospel, the more, um, he really, he, he spoke to my heart that it's this truth that Michael, you know, 
you can serve me and not be in love with me. But if you're in love with me, it, it won't even be like service. Hmm. And yeah, I, I, that's exactly how I responded, Chris. Like, <laughs> mm, oh, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and it was something that God, you know, just because I had grown up in a Christian home and, and youth group and, and, and high school and FCA and just, just so there was a lot of church and a lot of faith experiences. But I, I think somewhere along the way, the performance world that we live in snuck into my Christianity, and I, I really became more of a, a servant rather than the son. Mm-hmm. But I think when you when you get the cart before the horse, you can you can start. It's just so subtle, but you can be you know you can begin to try to do Christianity like math, like algebra. That if I do this, this, and this, then and God will love me, or good things will happen. And um, I think most of the listeners probably have come to that conclusion that that's not how it works. It doesn't all add up. That was deeply entrenched in me. And, um, you know, I think from grades in school and, and, and music and, and having, um, you know, the recitals, I mean, there's just a lot of places performance sneaks up on us, and I think it sneaks into the church in the, in the religious sense if I'll do these things, then it will equal something. And I, I, um, so I, I really championed service ministry and, and those aren't bad things, but I had the cart before the horse. And so when Jesus, you know, one of the times Jesus kind of slowed me down and said, Hey, I, I want you, not what you do. I want, I love you. And, and, and that began to fuel me in a very different way than, you know, trying to find the next way to, um, yeah, minister. Uh, I think one of the things, Chris, that came from that moment with with God, where you know that serving Him is not the same as being in love with Him. Um, on the heels of that was another great encouragement from God that uh, ministry is not the goal of my life; intimacy is, and that through intimacy, ministry and mission will find me. He'll make sure of it. I don't have to go make those things happen or create um, the uh, the mission that he that he'll bring it uh, to his sons and daughters. And that was just very freeing for me in my story, very very freeing. And it became more of an adventure of walking with God than I had had quite a chore list going on in my <laughs> in my world. So as many Christians um, yeah, do, yes. Yeah, and it, and I guess the, the, it's a subtle shift, right? It's just, it's there's a subtlety to it, but I think the enemy would re- really rather have us stay in service uh, rather than enjoying and experiencing belovedness. And I I really feel like God said, "All right, I'm going to time to trade you up to something something more." And that that changed so much in my world in my and Robin and Mai's lives and marriage, and it's been really, really grand since. Well, how does this tie into the abundant life that Jesus promised us? I mean, uh, many, many people are just, you know, caught up in the busyness of life, family, work, church, and check check all the boxes and don't forget the social media while you're at it. Uh, So, (laughs) so how do we, how do we end up living the abundant life out of that intimacy? Yeah, um, I think somewhere along the line, you're you're right that seeing that what you just described, seeing that and and realizing that that's not enough, 
and that that you're longing for more. Uh, I those are that's a really important time in a believer's journey where they they aren't content with, and it's a dangerous time because you can you can move towards other things uh, rather than the Lord in in this recipe or this you know system. So I think to see the system, to see that it's it's not fulfilling, that it's run its course, is really a critical and and an important time. I remember feeling, um, and I'm 55 now, but in my late 30s, just that passage that you referenced to in John 10:10, I I felt like I was being gypped. Or where is it? You know, why is it not happening? Why is it not here? And there were there were things at 38 and 39 in my life that God said, okay, he's asking the right question. Now we can begin to. In that discontent, it was I was paying more attention, and I think that's when God began to unravel this system that um, had a hold of me and that I was holding on to at the same time and, and began to take me into a very new space in uh, what, what the abundant life was and what the adventure of walking with him was and that that he wasn't, as C.S. Lewis, you know, writes so much in, in the Narnia, he, he's not to be tamed. He's not a tame lion, uh, but he's good. Mm-hmm. And, and and those things began to alter my perspective. My uh, my bo- my beliefs began to, to to move from solving God and Christianity to exploring uh, more about God and, and faith in Christianity. So. Those were just shifts that, that, that added up to very, very calculated moments where God was taking me, um, you know, into, I, I think that everybody could probably relate to the difference between the domestic life and the wild life. And uh, somehow in there, my faith had become more domesticated. Mm-hmm. And I think where God, where God was, was on a frontier of exploration and wanted, wanted me to get off the shore and into the water, you know, and... I had plenty of reasons to stay on the shore, but uh, it was it was, but very one very good reason to go out be, and, and explore more because I that system you just talked about, it wasn't it wasn't working anymore, and I needed through family and things going on with our kids and marriages some of those things just weren't working they weren't solving some of the issues and challenges that I was facing and I think God was wooing me. Out, to, out of out of the boat like he did Peter into the water, and uh, and it, he seems to do that with us from time to time. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, he does. So, uh, not only do we have the fact that many of us get caught up in performance, but we also have that added element of sin that gets into us right. and then leads to bondage sometimes. Um, wow, yeah. You know, we hear about the flashy sins like porn or whatever, but you know, we can live in bondage in many different ways. So yeah. what can we do yeah. to release ourselves from that kind of bondage? For myself and, and some of my friends, we've found that traveling upstream from from the sin, the sin piece is really the behavioral, the, the things that we do, the things that we don't do, as Paul writes about in Romans. And and then if, if you can move upstream to the beliefs about why those those are my remedies um you know pornography as you just mentioned is is downstream that's that's the action and the behavior of something that's very 
discontented that something that's that there's a belief that somehow some way she on the screen holds some kind of some kind of life for me some kind of remedy and you know there's a lot going on in that well you know food can can be a similar thing money spending money you know there's a lot of ways that we that we try to um, i can i can try to deal with some of the aches of of discontent, of being missed, of being, um, of needing to be seen or wanted. I mean, love is a very, as we talked about earlier, it's so important. That's what we're made for. And so we, we do go looking for it. We, we do, we do go try. I've tried to arrange for it in my life. And when I take it, you know, take my heart to some of those less and some of those lacking spaces, uh, to, to feel this primary space in my life of significance and and belonging, because we all want to belong, we all want to be a part, we all want to be seen, we want to be wanted and invited, and and God is up to that. But there are a lot of imposters. There's a lot of secondary, um, unhealthy spaces. But it's still upstream is this core hope that we'll be seen, we'll be wanted, we'll belong. And I think that's where, Chris, I want to I explore upstream and I want to invite the friends of God to, it's not the behavior showing you something, but what it's showing you is that there's, there's something in us at work, the false self, the, the flesh that, that has, um, and the enemy have gone, have, have done quite a number on most of us creating a system for um, self-provision, self-protection, self-reliance. Even though we're Christians, I mean, it's still it's still a prevalent issue. To, to why why is this my default when I know theologically that it's not supposed to be? And that is a very important question to I think take you upstream and walk with God into the adventure of getting free from some of the beliefs and attitudes and perspectives that we've gotten along the way that aren't true, that aren't good, that aren't right, and aren't helpful. So that's what I mean by kind of going upstream. If we can go work and 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 get relief from some of the lies that we've believed about ourselves, about God, and about others, downstream can change uh, quite a bit, we found, hmm. when you go upstream and do some of that kind of work with what is it that I've believed about my life that isn't true? And, and I, I haven't found anybody, when I've asked this question to different retreats or in different small groups, what, you know, Chris, what are the odds that you have interpreted your life accurately? Good question. <laughs> and, and so if, if, if there's some interpretive files that aren't accurate, then that means there can be some lies harbored in the system. Mm-hmm. And, and just like a hard drive, you don't want that in your hard drive and you sure don't want that in your hard drive. Yes. It's going to, it's going to, damage and even ruin some of the things that you know you're, you're, you were made for it's going to get in the way and so i think when we see the enemy and we can peel back the curtain and we start to see how the enemy has opposed our life with god even before we're believers and then he doesn't stop he doesn't stop on the other side so mm. he's going to keep he's going to keep coming yeah you, know? you talked a little bit about uh, uh retreats you talked about retreats and um, mm-hmm. what is actually the role of community 
in healing and growth for the Christian? What I love about that question is it, um, it's, it, it could suppose that kind of any circle and any, any environment of two or three or five or, or more or hundred, you know, that, that, that any circle of community is okay for um, healing and, and training and walking with God together. And that's not untrue. But I've been a part of um, I've been a part of circles that um, maybe are not where I am on my journey. Sometimes those circles are um, maybe aren't as helpful. I think I could say it this way. Maybe this is a better way to go at it. That um, orientation, you know, having having an orientation to what the kingdom is like, the larger story that we're in, um, uh, you know, having, if we, if any of us have had, you know, very knowledgeable teachers in a classroom and yet, and yet their way is, is, is not easy. Maybe it's hard to, uh, to walk with them or enjoy them. What I would, what I would say about the environments that we put our hearts in for teaching, for instruction, you really want an oriented heart, you know, that's coordinating that environment and somebody who knows who they are and where they are and the good that God's up to in their lives. That's what we mean by orientation. And, and we're all on a journey for that. I mean, that, that's part, that's what this is. That's what this faith journey is so much about is what, what's in me that's in the way of intimacy. What is it that I believe that isn't true that I need to get off of me and out of me with God's help where do I need healing and training? And so community is really, Chris, where I want to go. Yes, community is where so much of that takes place. If woundedness and, and, and so many of, of the hurts and challenges that we face have come through community, I, I believe that's just the enemy arresting what, what God created for our, um, our benefit, which is family, community, the family of God. So it, this while while the woundedness can take place in in community environments within families within relationships yes so can the healing so can the training and they're critical they're really important to uh to us advancing moving walking with god and and and, and others in in more deep relational intimacy and friendship well michael sometimes we can resolve some of these things in our home environment, but other times it takes uh, getting away from it all, doesn't it? Uh, could you tell yeah. us about some of your events and how you create environments for healing? So we do, we do some weekends. Some of them are, are larger. Um, we partner with Young Life uh, facilities, and those environments, you know, they might be a few hundred uh, or so people, but we still try to create the environment where there's instruction and sharing of our stories and some of the, some of the discoveries of the kingdom and, and God's love in our lives. But what we really like to do is as important as the teaching and sharing is for us. It really ends the session ends with the invitation then for uh, the friends who are at this, at these conferences and retreats to go spend the next 20 to 30 minutes with a few questions with God. 
to take to take a few questions. And I remember about 15 or 16 years ago, the first time I was invited to do that, I thought, oh my gosh, I've never, I've never heard of this. I've never done this before. I don't know how to do this. Hmm. Go. And, and, um, and, and it was wonderfully disturbing, you know, to do something <laughs> like that in my faith journey that was new at 38 years old. And I'm going to go ask God some questions. Well, I've never done that. I was the one always doing the talking in prayer. You know, I was the one always doing the uh, giving, kind of checking it with him, giving him the list. Here's what I'd like for you to work out, uh, if you would. And then I'd kind of like a drive-through. You know, I'd just kind of take off uh, with my, after my order. And then, but to sit with God and to ask a few questions—that's something we really champion at our weekends to um, invite Him to reveal, to speak, to. Um, to take you into your story, to meet you where you're at, it, it takes some solitude. So my point with the retreats and the conference environment, we try to we try to create quite a bit of those kinds of moments where, like you alluded to in the question, uh, Jesus got away with the Father. He 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 stepped into solitude. Often the disciples caught him doing that, over and over. And I and I believe that's that's one of the critical elements for the kind of intimacy um, that we want in any relationship is time away and time alone with that person. And when that person's God and you, you know, sit on a bench or you, you know, find a quiet corner and you have a couple questions and you invite him into a conversation, we've seen God do some wonderful wild things in, in, in our hearts and in others' hearts at those weekends. So that's what the weekends are mostly about. So so we don't have to be too scared when we come. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. I mean, uh, it's uh, but you never know what God's going to do. I think that's uh that's the wild part of it, but most mostly the deep the deep questions that we we are all suffering from as well as wanting to know how do you see me? Who who am I to you? To start to ask God some questions. Those sound a little scary to me. They were the first times because I had I had some things that um, were unresolved. I I was I needed him to speak. I needed him to come through. I needed him to show me and reveal to me how he sees me and who I am to him. And as he did, it it really rearranged some things in my life, in my heart. And uh, and the invitation has been since to just continue to explore and walk with him in that way. And that's been it's changed everything. That's changed everything. And not only do you offer that spiritually, but as I look at your website, it looks very enticing because it's in the great outdoors, some really beautiful settings that you have, yeah. uh, as you mentioned, at the Young Life um, Centers. So yeah. Uh, yeah. people want to yeah. learn more about that. They can go to zoe.org. That's Z-O-W-E-H.org. And if they want to learn yeah. more about your book, the website is? Yeah, they can go to, they can still go to zoe.org or they can go to heartofawarriorbook.com. Heartofawarriorbook.com will get you there. Very good. Well, as we close, is there anything else that is burning in your hearts to share with our listeners? And then I'll ask you to pray for them. I, I feel like whoever is listening, um, I would, I would want to encourage them that you've never been here before today, wherever here is, 
the, the variables and circumstances of your life. You know, we're all we're all on an adventure. We've never been here before. It's okay not to know how and not to know what uh, the next move is, the next step, the, the next decision. That um, that's actually I've found to be some of my greatest moments where I really do turn to God and ask Him the question: What do I do here? What what is this about? What are you up to in in my life? Because I want to be in step with the Spirit. I want to be in line with with God and His and His will for my life. So I've learned I've learned to ask questions, ask more questions, Chris, than I have statements and declarations. This is what it is. This is what needs to happen. This is what I just have, have released so much more of that. I still got a little control bug in me here and there, but <laughs> I, I think for for anybody listening, um, it's okay. It's okay not to know because you know the one who does. Hmm. And and to turn to him and invite him in. He wants to be invited. He wants to be a part. And I think questions are better um, than declarations. And uh, he doesn't always give me the answers I want, but I'm amazed at the directions that he gives me. Mm. I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners need that direction. Would you mind praying for them as we close, Michael? would love to. I'd love to. Thanks, Chris. Dear God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Blessed Trinity, uh, I love you. We love you. Thank you for this time to, uh, to talk about you, to talk about your goodness. And I do pray for the Charisma family, the Charisma listeners. Thank you for the uh, mission and ministry that you've given um, Charisma and the people, the lives, the hearts that it's touched. I pray for an expanding kingdom for them. Jesus, I pray that you would move them, move their borders, uh, move them deeper and further into enemy territory, reclaiming um, the goodness of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you would be... um, not only proclaimed, but you would be uh, promoted in a way that there would be intimate invitations through charisma to hearts all over the world. I thank you for their expansion, and I pray that it would continue. Bless every listener. Bless every heart that's um, engaged in in this message, in the larger gospel, in in the larger story, and their role in it. I bind Satan and, and all of their work set against any and every one of these listeners and set against charisma. I bind the enemy in Jesus' name. And uh, we take claim to the, to the things, to the hearts, to the stories, to the lives of, of these, these listeners in this, this very large family and pray your blessing on it. Bring the goodness of, of the truth of who they are and where they are and the very, very good things that you're up to in each and every one's lives. Thank you that it's not... Um, a cookie cutter or a system, Jesus, but it's grander than that, larger than that, and that you invite us to follow you into a frontier that that you know where we're going and you know where this is going. So we want to step and be in step with you, Spirit, as we move. Father us, Father. We need you. We need your fathering still. Whatever age, um, man or woman, boy or girl, we invite you. We need you. We confess we need you to father us in our story and in our journey. Pray your blessings over this podcast, uh, Chris and her team, uh, and all the all the uh, all the people that are at work in charisma. Bless each and every one. Your blessing on this mission and ministry, Jesus. I pray in your name, our Savior and our King. Amen. Uh, we receive that, Michael Thompson. Thank you so much. We pray a blessing upon you and your wife, Robin, with Zoe Ministries. 
and people want to get in touch with you, zoe.org. That's the way to do it, I think, or Heart of a Warrior book, right? Right, correct. Uh, Heartofawarriorbook.com, and also you have a podcast. We want to mention that. That's Exploring More with Michael Thompson, so people can uh, access your teaching and learn more of what you're learning about intimacy with God. Thank you so much, Michael, for being with us here on Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. And we've been speaking with Michael Thompson from Zoe. And remember that he's the author of The Heart of a Warrior. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this chat on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.